Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Suddenly, we can't get enough baseball talk in this town. It is amazing how quickly um, the tide can turn on the basis of two very good months involving your Minnesota Twins, and we uh, certainly want to get to the Twins resurgence with our next guest on the Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care Hotline, former regular contributor to this program, always a good friend of this show, and it's always a pleasure to chat with our guy, Ron Coomer, who, of course, these days continues to uh, analyze Chicago Cubs baseball on the Cubs radio network. Coomdog, how are you, man? It's good to hear your voice. Daniel, I am doing great. How are you, Daniel? We're doing very, very well, and I do want to get to, as I've not had a chance to talk to you about your impressions from afar on the Twins, and we'll get to some Cubs stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But I think we'd be remiss if we don't uh, start where you uh, were last night, Houston, Texas, uh, because it's the talk of baseball. Fourth inning, um, oh. uh, your guy, uh, outfit, Cubs outfielder Albert Almora, uh, Junior hits a line drive that ends up hitting a kid, a hush in the crowd, and now everybody's talking about all sorts of things on nets. Before we get to that part of it, give me a sense of what it was like while it was happening, what the scene was like in Houston. Um, well, if you've played baseball long enough, you and you've been around the stadium long enough in baseball, these things happen. And every time something really bad like that happens, instantly it, it it makes you sick to your stomach like like an instant sick feeling and and that's to be honest it's the first time i've ever had to broadcast where something like that happened mm. and you and you're on radio and you have to actually talk and i really didn't want to at all um but the ball gets hit and it just misses the edge of the netting the new netting that major league baseball has put up and it goes right over the camera well and hits this poor little girl. And to be honest, you couldn't see who it hit from our vantage point. Here's what I saw, and this is what made me just sick to your stomach, is you saw a parent pop up, grab their child, and dead sprint well. up, up the stands. And all I could think of is, oh, God. You, you see, you know, you just yeah. – it just apps oh, it's just still, and you know, all game long we're trying to find out what's you know what's going on. And you felt terrible for Albert, and you know it's just one of those things. And about two thirds of the way through the game, we started getting some updates that we did not report on because you want to be accurate. Sure. Right? The sure. last thing you want to do is say we've heard the child is doing okay, not great, but okay, and going to the hospital. And that be wrong. That would be a terrible thing, right? So sure. we didn't report on it. We wanted to make sure it was what was going on. I still don't have an official thing, but I've seen multiple things say the the, the girl's doing okay. I still don't know for sure, but um, it, oh yeah, yeah I, it's just it, it must absolutely well, sick to my stomach. We have we've all you know certainly uh, been there and seen 
similar scenes. I do think what accentuated this one was the you, sometimes you get part of the cue from the player who hit it, oh. and and his reaction was as visceral and emotional as any I can recall. Right? I mean, you got the t- you got teammates coming out to console him. You got the manager. You got Joe Madden coming out to talk to him, and he he looked like he had gone to pieces. Oh yeah. Well, what happened, because a lot of times what happens in a game, and I'll give you just the perspective of being on the field playing and, the, and doing something like this, you don't see it, right? You hit the ball and you look and you, you don't see the ball actually right. go and hit a person, whether it be a child or whoever it might be. You just don't always see that. And, I, and Albert saw it. And so did the pitcher. So did Albert, the third base coach. I mean, when you looked, you just saw some terrible. The umpire at third base. Um, I think it was DJ Rayburn. Oh, it's just, he just went, Oh no. And then the, to see the parent take off with their four-year-old child, just, it was say, you know, I, I still pray that everything is okay. That's what, that's the last I'd heard. Um, but I, you probably know better than me. Um, hearing some more about it on social well, media. Well, it, it's still pretty vague, as you say. I mean, there's, there seem to be indications that, all is pretty well, but what is pretty well defined as? we? I, I, there's not right. been a lot of specific details, so I guess we just let it, the thing play out, and as you say, uh, certainly hope for the best. It has reignited, um, not surprisingly, I guess, because that's the way it works, man, uh, we, because we're so public and it's so the reaction is so instantaneous and we can see it via Twitter and all the other you know outlets these days, that what we need to do, that this is proof that we need to take it even further down the line than we had previously. Um, and what's interesting to me is I, I read a USA Today piece on this, uh, written today, I believe, online. And the theory being offered, I'm curious to get your view about this because you're around ballparks all the time, is that teams off the record feel stuck on this a little bit, that they would go much further and are willing to take the costs on to go, I guess, I don't know, all the way down the line, but yeah. that they get a lot of pushback from fans who say, I know what I'm supposed to tell you, which is it's all about protection, but I don't like the Nets or I don't want the Nets or don't keep extending the Nets. And so there are teams that are caught on what they think might be the right thing to do under pressure, but that a lot of fans don't want to see it. Can you speak to that at all? What do you hear in that regard? I hear the exact same thing. I, I don't disagree at all. I think there are people that don't like sitting behind home plate that are, let's say, the people that are spending yeah. the big dollars. They don't want to sit behind home plate because of the screen. So they were going behind the dugouts and in the batting. You know, the, the spot to sit for years when, you know, it was the on-deck circle. Well, it wasn't behind the screen, but you're, I mean, you're basically, you might as well be sitting in the dugout, right? I mean, sure. And that's where people love to be. And they, they saw the action. They weren't behind the screen. I think um, that was the case. Now, um, do we? My, here's my take on it. If you get used to sitting behind the net, which I've done many, many years, and you're looking through it, after a while you just get used to it and it's not a big deal. But there, I believe, was it last year or two years ago, somebody died in Dodger Stadium from getting hit? Mm-hmm. Something like that happened. This child yesterday could have, we don't know what's happened yet, but this could have yeah, been a really been, tragic, right. and it's still my, I, I, I don't want to, you know, say the wrong thing, but just think if that hits this child right in the forehead. 
or in the temple. That's that's it. Well, what do you what do you what do you say? Ron Coomer, by the way, is our guest and the fan. If you don't recognize the voice, I'm sure most of you do. But the you know the, one of the pushback points is, hey, look, um, it's a horrible story, obviously, and everybody's rooting for the kid. But part of this is if you're going to sit in those seats, you have to be vigilant and. I think that sounds good in theory, but you know how baseball is, Ron. I mean, it, it's you could say you could tell people that hey, you really got to be on top of it in those spots, especially the way the game's being hit these days, and maybe a juiced ball, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, unless you're going to make everybody, if you're going to confiscate confiscate all their portable devices, phones, etc., at the at the door, people are going to look down. They're going to look sideways. They're going to look even if they're vigilant, right? That's just probably not realistic. Yeah, for people to be that aware at that instant that something could happen. The one thing that happens for baseball players, we have a time clock in our head of when the pitch is going to be thrown every eight seconds, ten seconds. You get that time clock. Fans don't have that. So I can be broadcasting a game and talking to my partner, but I know, not even looking, but I know the pitch is about to come. It's just the way it is. Fans don't have that. They're conversating. They're they're communicating through through their phones or whatever. And that one second that you have your four year old sitting next to you, that's when it happens. Sure. And there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And the other thing is, as fast as the ball is going, human reaction. They say, "Well, you dive in front of your child. If the ball's going 100 miles an hour and you flinch, it's too late. Right. It's you're you're not a professional baseball player that's seen that. So, you know, I. There's got to be something done. I, I really believe they've got to put these screens down the line and and, and, and fix that because all you have to do is look at what happened last night and say something's got to change. Just that simple. Let's try to talk some baseball as well. And I don't know how much you've been able to, to dig into what's going on with the Twins through two ridiculous months. I mean, it's yeah, been, it's been, been absurd, especially offensively, but the pitching has also been very good. I mean, Right, this team, you know, is is beating people by an average of two runs a game, which is unheard of in baseball. I don't know if they can continue to win at almost seven hundred pace, but what 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 are your observations from afar? What have you heard? What have you seen of what this team has done to build a nine and a half game lead this early before we even get to to, to June first? Well, what they've done is is the the offensive side. When you talk to the scouts that that roll through that know obviously that I have a major connection to the Minnesota Twins, talk about the offense and, and the craziness that they're seeing in a positive way for Minnesota, by the way, of the home run ball. I mean, you, you think about if going back, um, let's say the, the first two years that that ballpark was open in Minnesota, Target Field, the ball wasn't flying out of there. Now <laughs> there's home runs. I yeah, mean, it's, it's nuts. It's, the opposite so you know um that's what they talk about i mean the twins are on pace to hit more home runs than any team that's ever played much less twins teams which have had some really good bopper teams right you know the pocket herbeck gaietti uh bernanski teams you're talking about some guys that were 30 home run guys all of them and this team is you know i mean who it's it's, it's pretty incredible and rosario to me i'm you know, I get to watch him play every now and then. One of my old teammates' son is playing, um, C.J. Crone. Ah. His dad was my teammate, so it's great to see him do well. I'm just happy for the Twins. I, You know, as you know, I was 
pretty I, I was not real happy, you might say, with the Minnesota Twins when they let my buddy go. Yes. When they let Paulie go, and I thought that was a, I thought it was a bad mistake. It wasn't just personal. I thought you don't let go people that are that good of baseball people mm-hmm. and that intelligent. There's just not enough of them out there. So why would you let them go? Um, but with that being said, as much as I'm a fan and a friend of Paul, um, what's what's working is working, and what's right is right, and and the Twins, what they've done, and what this these guys have done is they've pulled the right levers on the field and the guys are playing great baseball and it's fun to watch. You mentioned uh, Rosario. We were talking about him in a lot yesterday. His numbers are remarkable early. Again, can he hold up on these? I don't know. But what I, I, and I don't know how much you talk to scouts about him, but what I really like about his ascension and about the place he seems to be at now is he absolutely wants to be, the guy. He he wants to be the man. He wants mm-hmm. to be up there in the big spots. He doesn't want to wait to work the count. If he gets the pitch he wants on the first pitch, he's going after it. And 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 I, you know that's that's a change in 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 terms of aggressiveness, setting a tone in this team that's very different than what it's been over the years. And to me, he it sort of starts with him. What do you think? No doubt, there are certain players that as they mature into the major leagues somebody on a team has to become a leader, right? You have to have that guy. The Cubs have a couple of them, to be quite honest. I think Baez is one of them who's in that Rosario kind of situation where all of a sudden he's starting to be yeah, that guy. Right. Um, but Anthony Rizzo is that guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, but what they talk about with Rosario is him, him doing that and him being that guy. And I, and I to me, when you, you know, early in his career, when he was first breaking into the league, people talked about him having the makeup. You know, I remember the old Larry Corrigan, the guy that scout that drafted me, who was with the Twins for sure. 800 years. LC would say, hey, Coom, he's got the makeup. Coom, you were a makeup guy. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. So, what is that? Yeah. I, I don't wear makeup. Well, I did when I was on TV, but let's just go. It's another it story, right? You know, but, but, that's what they talked about. And, and, you know, we all kind of know what that means, but how do you define it exactly? I don't know. But he's one of those that you hear that about. You just sort of know it. I think you kind of know it when you kind of right. when you when you see it. A uh, yep. couple last things before we go. How well, if at all, did you know? I mean, you, you've you been around Chicago, well, much of your life. And so you, you, you grew up on baseball in Chicago. So you're, I know, well aware of the Bill Buckner legacy there. Um, did you get to know him at all, and 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 what was your reaction to to people trying to figure out? Okay, what do we what do we what are we supposed to remember about Bill Buckner beyond obviously the one unfortunate play yeah. uh, at first base at Fenway Park? Well, um, I did not get to know him. Um, he was a hitting coach for the White Sox when I was a twin for a short time, and to be quite honest, we had battles at the White Sox, so. Nobody was too cordial at that point. It was kind of before Ozzy and <laughs> right, all that, you know, sure. like before Guardy and Ozzy got to be chummy and loved each other. Well, there was no chumminess about the Cubs or about the uh, Twins and White Sox back then. So that I'll, that's I'll true. Say that. So, but I did not know him. It wasn't a personal thing where um, I knew him. Um, I did know him as number twenty-two that you and I grew up watching at Wrigley Field, and he was one of my favorite players and one of those types of guys that you know. I loved watching. What a hitter! Play and, yeah, you know, great hitter, great player. Um, 
So to me, I think when you look back at Bill Buckner, unfortunately for him, I think, you know, life, he, he let that one play in the world, the baseball world remembers him and, and lives on the one play, not the 2,600 hits the guy got, you know, and the, the great player that he was. And that's unfortunate. It'd be tough to live with. I'll tell you that. No, it is. Um, yeah. And I know it, it affected him. There's no doubt. Yeah. That... Um, but I, I think of number 22, the guy that I grew up watching um, play first base for the Cubs and uh, appreciated the year that he hit behind Kingman and Kingman hit 49 <laughs> yeah, home runs. that's right. Genius, right? I mean, <laughs> you put the Kong in a three spot, and Ed Buckner's the protection. It was great. It was, yeah, so, you know. It's a good reminder. Uh-huh. You're absolutely right. right. That's very uh-huh. true. Yeah. Um, let's finish up with the, the team you're around every day now. The Cubs, I think, have a small lead in the, uh, in the Central. Yep. Um, it, it's interesting because there was so much frustration in terms of what happened in the postseason last year. It seemed to me there was a big emphasis on we want to start fast. We're not messing around anymore. We got to go after this thing. We're at the third, you know, third of the way through the season. How would you describe the current condition? Other than the fact that first place looks pretty good, but is this a team you think on the brink of making a real serious run again, or do you have to see more? Where are the Cubs? Um, you're you're right with the with everything you said about the start, um, and I and I thought the playoff situation last year there were a lot of things that went into that. The team played, uh, I want to say, like 30, 37 games in 38 days. It was some outrageous number because of rainouts. So the team ran out of gas. It's just that simple. You can say you can like it, not yeah. like it. You know, people are human beings. And, you know, when you're playing 40-some games in so many days with one day off, it's just the way it goes. So team ran out of gas, period. I think this is a team that's, that could definitely make a deep run in the playoffs and with the right breaks can, can win another world series. Um, the offense and the core players can do that. It, it, there's gotta be some moves made. And I know they're trying to do that now. Um, you gotta probably go out and get one for sure. One and maybe two more bullpen guys along with getting for us, Pedro stroke back. Who's been hurt. Um, that that's what I think will end up happening. If the Cubs do that, I can see, them having a really good chance at being, you know, playing at the end of the season, you know, in October, late October. How much fun would a Cubs-Twins World Series? I don't want to get too far ahead of it. The Twins have had two good months, but, man, that'd be fun. We'd have you on every day. It'd be, it'd be terrific. I'd be one popular SOB, wouldn't <laughs> You I? really would. You'd be, you'd be, and we'd be driving you crazy with all the appearances that you would have to make. Uh, speaking of no, adding, great. I would love it. I, I yeah. miss being back. I miss Minnesota. I miss all you guys. It, it would be great, wouldn't it? It'd be terrific. I, you know, I could uh, go to Hoyts every night post game. There you go. And hang out there. And there it is. Go back and take everybody, you know, to my place in Chicago. So it'd be great. It'd right? be outstanding. I, yeah, we broad yeah. we'd we'd broadcast yeah. from your place in in near uh, yeah. in Chicago or Lockport, actually, right? Your your place it's, in Lockport. Yeah. It would be middle of November, and you'd be like, okay, guys, enough. We don't need him anymore. Just let's scratch that name from us. <laughs> uh, speaking of adding a piece or two, um, I fully believe, and, I, you know, again, uh, the Twins like their farm system, but I still, my gut tells me, if they stay in this, in this position they're in and they get to the point where they say, hey, let's seize it, let's give ourselves the best chance to actually do something with this opportunity that they're going to need to add 
some pitching. Maybe not, maybe a starter, but definitely in the bullpen as well. That having experienced good people to add to that sort of, you know, to be in that, in, in have some experience, I guess, with that kind of chase, or even if they're not chased in the regular season, to do something in the postseason. Don't you think that's still something that the, the Twins could use as a little bit more help in the pen at the yeah, very least? No doubt. Especially when you start talking about the last, you know, because of the trade deadline now being a hard deadline. Um, and you have the lead. Teams have made the mistake, and I go back to Washington years ago when they shut down Strasburg, right? Yeah. You're like, how how well have they done in the playoffs since then? Mm. Zero. So let, let's just say when you have the chance, seize the opportunity because you never know when you're getting another one. The Cubs in 16, they go out and get Chapman. He was a rental player. They won a World Series. They gave up a lot for it, but – they also hoisted the championship yeah. trophy. So I, I I look at it and go, you're you're in a position right now in Minnesota for sure. Um, you've, you've got an opportunity. you, you got to seize the opportunity. You may not sell the farm for it, but, boy, you're going to add some pieces to make sure you're not out of bullets come late in the ballgame. That could cost you. Great stuff as always. Good to catch up with you. We'll try to stay in touch as the uh, summer proceeds, and uh, hope you're well. Good to hear your voice. Danny, great to talk to you. Same thing, Garzi, and you guys come down to Chicago. I, I know Chicago is waiting for an appearance from Dan Barrero. <laughs> He's got family there. No, that's so true. Get your butt to Chicago. I, I know you get a weekend off here. Or there. Yeah, every once you know, in a while. But we, we'd love to see you, buddy. We'll work yeah. that out. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep. That's Coom Dog, Ron Coomer, former twin. Now, of course, uh, the radio one of the radio voices of uh, on the Chicago Cubs radio network doing the analysis and doing an outstanding, outstanding job. A former uh, weekly contributor, the Bumper to Bumper program, if you go back far enough. You remember it quite well. Uh, Let's get caught up. We'll update you on a couple of uh, things. A couple of interesting emails have come in regarding what baseball can or should do on the Nets issue after what took place where Coomdog was yesterday in Houston. He may still be in Houston. I haven't checked their schedule. Uh, But in any case, we'll get uh, into that and a couple of other issues before we wrap things up at 6.30. Bumper to Bumper with Barrero on a fan. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.